When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The Minnesota Vikings are pretty much the best team in North American team sports to never win a championship. Welcome to Before We Die with Jesse and Thor on Purple Daily and Score North. Good morning. Happy Monday, January 2nd. Happy 2023. Not the happiest 2023, you guys. This is Purple Daily's Before We Die on Score North. I'm Jesse Pierce, who not only woke up with a hangover yesterday, uh, but had to watch that atrocious Minnesota Vikings game. Uh, instead, hopefully, the Minnesota Wild will revive my love. You can find most of my work there on NHL.com. But for now, we're here to break down the Minnesota Vikings pain. He's Thor Nystrom. He's been drinking the purple Kool-Aid since forever. Are you still drinking that Kool-Aid despite the uh, the L yesterday, Thor? It, it was a little tainted. The punch was a little yesterday. But yeah, I, I choked it down. You got it, you know, good for you. And he's producer Ross, who woke us up this morning with a beautiful rendition about Vikings hot takes. Ross, can we get a live, live read about that or live sing about that? The Vikings stunk really bad and we need takes now. <laughs> Call before we die. 877 takes now. Nailed it. Hopefully you guys the, haven't tuned us out just yet. The pain's <laughs> back, by the way. The pain's <laughs> the pain back. For back. any for anybody wondering, the pain of being a Vikings fan is back. We are here to recap a 41 to 17 loss at Lambeau yesterday. The Packers pick up a fourth straight win. Now they are just one win away from making it into the playoffs. We knew this was going to happen. At least Ross and I knew this was going to happen. I've told you boys from day one to not count Aaron Rodgers out because he is still Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are doing everything they can to make the push. Meanwhile, the Vikings seem to be doing everything they can to prove that they are in fact, possibly frauds. They drop to the number three seed right now. Again, this is a team that has 12 wins and they are now sitting at the number three, uh, just a bad game. I don't even know where to start you guys. I mean, what's your worry level at now knowing where the Vikings are seeing the display and there these losses, these huge dramatic losses that they are having, are against playoff teams. So does that up the worry level even more? It's concerning. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, I mean, like as far as the manifestation of, of what yesterday's result means, Vikings weren't going to get the number one seed anyway. And honestly, I, I was talking about uh, this with Ross before the show, and I was talking with a buddy about it b- before the game. The, the buddy and I agreed that the, the best scenario for the Vikings yesterday in ter- and not in terms of the perception from the public, but in terms of, of their playoff matchups, was losing yesterday and having the 49ers win, falling to the three slot, and then pl- drawing the Giants in round one. It's by far the best first-round matchup you can get. It facilitates your your 
entrant into into round two better than any other one, especially with how the Vikings have been playing. Um, but yeah, I mean the the game as it played out. I mean, th- there's no way to put lipstick on that pig. It was it was pathetic. It was awful to watch. I'll attack it in two parts, like Thor just did. The worry level, if it's on a one to ten scale for me, is somewhere around a four or a five. Uh, again, I have not seen much for or against in the last month that really would change my worry level. I still think the Vikings are a good team. They're obviously a playoff team Uh, in the true. uh, You are what your record says you are the old Bill Parcells quote, right? They've won 12. They've lost four. They are a 12 and four team. I would, however, continue to say it's a fairly hollow 12 and four. So the worry level to me is probably somewhere around a four or five in the sense of the back half of what Thor talked about. I don't trust this team to go on the road and win any playoff games. So I still think it's advantageous to have the highest seed possible. That way you won't have to leave U.S. Bank Stadium until the NFC Championship game. Maybe. Thor's case of taking on the Giants in the first round, well taken. I think that is the best first round matchup for the Vikings. However, if the Vikings win, that then presents a scenario where you might be going to San Francisco might be going to Philadelphia, and look at three of the four uh, losses for the Vikings this year. They're all, well, three of the four are really bad losses to playoff teams, like really bad losses. And now you're telling me this same Vikings team is going to go on the road and maybe win two playoff games, two playoff road games against good teams. I don't buy that. So in outdoor conditions too, mind in you, outdoor, because that yes. did play a factor yesterday too. Like the slipping and sliding. I thought I was covering a hockey game for a hot minute again because it looked <laughs> like they were on ice. Players had to go switch spikes in between because they just couldn't. I mean, that it we've talked about that being a cause of concern, but they proved it. You've got one more outdoor game here uh at Chicago coming up this week. Yeah, yeah. And and we you know, we should talk about that. Honestly, I, I'm this is gonna be another controversial take. If I was the Vikings, I'm resting my my starters. I'm trying to lose that game. It, it serves two purposes. Number one, it locks you into that three seed, and it locks you into the first round game against the Giants. Number two, this one's sneaky. It pushes the Bears out of that two slot in the NFL draft. The Bears aren't going to take a quarterback there, but they're going to get a ransom in in a trade probably for C.J. Stroud from a team that's trading up because Bryce Young's probably going to go number one to the Texans. But C.J. Stroud, who just absolutely ripped up Georgia in the semifinal game, is, is going to go two. And the Bears are going to be sitting in that slot and be able to trade down. If the Bears win that game, they're going to fall down You know, a, a couple slots in the draft. Let the Bears have that win. The Vikings don't need it. Rest up your starters. Let them have it. And then also, you fall to 12-5, and five, and then Thor's preseason prediction about the Vikings record was right. <laughs> Well There's played. the real reason. Let's be honest. <laughs> there within it is so Thor can be accurately correct in his preseason prediction. Well played, Thor. I'm very torn on this. So I initially, when we exchange emails back and forth, I initially floated this as a talker. And when I sent it last night, I really agreed with you, Thor, especially coming off of the heels of uh, Schlotman's leg literally fell off. Brian O'Neill's calf may need to be surgically removed. And he, he may or may not be done for the season. Uh, I'm sure that'll come out later today or tomorrow. Mm. We're recording this on the morning of January 2nd. The MRI is getting done today, I think, right? Yes. So I initially thought what you thought, Thor. 
And I, again, let's play this out. I don't expect the 49ers to lose their final game. I should have looked this up. I believe they host Arizona. They're not going to lose that game. But it is the NFL. I don't think any of us saw the Eagles, even with Gardner Minshew, losing two in a row. I still kind of feel like the Vikings having the best seed as possible is the most advantageous for them based off of what I said in our previous talker about not trusting the team on the road. However, I will say this to Thor's point, being as healthy as you possibly can, maybe coming off of a feel good win over the giants. If you beat them, maybe that resets and refreshes everybody mentally and physically as much as you can by giving time off. So I'm very torn on this at this point. I'm just going to let the coaching staff make the decisions and what will be will be. And for all of Vikings fans, I am just hoping they win their first round playoff game because whether you win 12 games or 13 games this year, it would be incredibly disappointing to not even have one playoff victory. Even if you're like me and you're still highly skeptical of the team, I would still be very disappointed if they didn't get at least one playoff victory. This is just another reminder that I cover the Minnesota Wild who have made a first round exit after fantastic <laughs> regular season. So sorry, guys, probably going to be bad luck for you. It's your fault. <laughs> just God, it hurts. Uh, let's recap a little bit more about the Packers game. As you guys know, I'm a secret closeted Packers fan. Love me some cheese. Uh, no, I mean, there was nothing. They're going to get mentioned. it now. Pierce. They're going to get Let's go. Pick six, 105 yard kickoff return from Keeson Nixon. Uh, Chris Reed has to make his do- debut on the offensive line for the year. Multiple penalties on the offensive line. Kirk Cousins sacked twice, hit eight times. Four turnovers. That's my Kirk trying to tell Reed to snap the ball. It was just, <laughs> God, you guys, like there was nothing. Usually we can find a silver lining, right? Like I think. We can you I don't know that there was yesterday. I don't Nick know that Mullins, there was Mullins, baby. Nick, Nick Mullins. Mullins. <laughs> well, I, I I I was busy the first part of the I actually only caught the last eight minutes. The Vikings outscored him 14 and up. Nick Mullins had a, a above 90 PFF grade. <laughs> so did Jalen Naylor. Jalen Naylor, three catches, 89 yards at Tutty. Nick Mullins slicing and dicing him. No, just just kidding. Uh <laughs> everything was awful. Uh the offensive line issues, uh now with the, the injuries, uh that we got to see what's going on with Brian O'Neill uh, because if, if we're down to the third string center and then Brian O'Neill's out uh, for the season, that is obviously problematic. Um, and, and I mean, if, especially if that's the case, I would advocate even stronger for my idea next week that basically you've earned your buy. You're just going to use it in week 18. Right. right. And then, and then you, 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 you roll it forward. But yeah, as far, as far as the Packers game, it, it was just weird, you know, like, especially like how poorly cousins played. Um, like, and, and at the beginning of the game, it just reminded me of, of the Colts game, right? Like yeah. it, it, it was the same sort of thing where it wasn't that the Vikings were necessarily getting outplayed. They were moving the ball just fine, but then like they kept just shooting themselves in the foot. Like there was this stat when the, I think the Packers were getting the ball for like the third time. I, I, I think it was like late in the first quarter, something like that. The Packers were already up 14 to three. The Packers had 14 points and 14 offensive yards. Aaron Rodgers had done absolutely nothing to that point, but they'd gotten the, uh, what is it, the pick six and then the, the kick return for a touchdown or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. It, and then with the way that Cousins was playing, you just couldn't do anything. And and the really unfortunate thing was, and what really chapped me and I'm sure all the other Viking fans, was after uh, Jair Alexander had talked all that crap all week and you were just excited for Justin Jefferson to go out and show Jair and just cook him. And then Jair, like, you know, there was that one incompletion where, 
Jair Alexander didn't even really do anything. It was like, it would have been a tough catch for Jefferson, but he sort he sort of dropped it. You know, he's going to the ground and and whatever, and he dropped it. But then Jair Alexander gets up and does the gritty, you know, and it was like early in the game. But then you're expecting. I don't know how there's not a taunting on that. Not absolutely sure. either. Like that absolutely should have been. not that it would have made a difference or in or any pass way. interference. Or, or, any, or anything, yeah. but they they didn't because of course it's the Packers in Lambeau, so the 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 you know the, the the flags can't get out of the ref's pocket if it's on the Packers. But but anyhow, I mean, like you were expecting Jefferson to do something at some point, and and you know, but he in in Jefferson's defense, he was getting the over the top help in this game that the Packers weren't doing in the first game. But you know, the ancillary players for the Vikings, the Evans players, they weren't doing anything. Delvin Cook played terribly. Uh, he was being nonchalant with the ball again. Uh, which you especially saw in the receiving game. There was balls clanging off of his hands. He wasn't running with any juice. And then the ancillary receivers weren't doing very well. My son, TJ Hawkins, had dropped a couple balls early on. Played better later on, but it didn't really matter. Adam Thielen looked like he had a fork sticking out of his back. It was just awful uh, all around. Going back to Justin Jefferson. Sorry, I'll cut you off there. Uh, You go ahead, Justin. In his entire three-year career, he has never been held to fewer than two receptions, only one catch for 15 yards yesterday. And you're right. I mean, that's a credit to the Packers. Even the Packers knew what they were going to get up against. They knew that they had to. But you're absolutely right, Thor. You needed these other guys to step step up in those situations with Jefferson being shut down uh, and being ineffective. I think in addition, do we owe Jair Alexander some sort of like apology? We were harsh on him. In th- on Thursday, but he did exactly what he said he was going to do. Jair Alexander's a, a good cornerback, but again, you, you have to say, Jair Alexander, you saw the, the first game, and if he didn't have the safety up over the top, anyone's getting cooked with, with that. And that's mm-hmm. one thing that he's not bringing up in, in his postgame thing is, is this time they had clearly changed the strategy. And I don't think Jair Alexander is talking all that crap unless he knows in advance the coaching staff has changed the strategy to allow him you know a, a much better chance against Justin Jefferson this time because no cornerback in the NFL is going to be able to deal with Jefferson one-on-one uh and and sort of um Jair Alexander probably feels like I was the dude who got sacrificed on national TV so that every other defense around the NFL figured out how to defend the Vikings because right. after that it was like we, we've seen a procession of what at, at this at this point 15 straight defenses have given the over the top help and or the double teams every single play to Justin Jefferson after that game. Agree with Thor. You owe him a bit of an apology because obviously the numbers weren't as bad as they were in week one, but yeah, he had help. But if I'm Jair and I'm green Bay, okay, that's fine. You know, you did, you did your job. They did their job. So bravo and props to them. But no, if it, for Jair, and I don't, he really in the post game didn't act like like this, but going into the game, he did. Like it was going mm-hmm. to be all him that shut down Justin Jefferson. Well, that's not factual and that's not the case. But overall, yes, him and the Packers do deserve some credit because really nobody has done that to Justin Jefferson since the Vikings did it to themselves by not playing Justin Jefferson at all the first few <laughs> games of his rookie season. You know, so that's. I mean, that's really the story here. That really is. I I do want to go back to one thing very quickly about TJ Hawkinson. Overall, glad he's here. We talked about this on Thursday. However, Kirk loves (laughs) to force the ball to tight ends, and I really thought he was doing a lot of that yesterday. And when you go back and you watch some of the games, not on the All-22, but you go back and you watch some of the game yesterday, just fast-forwarding and rewinding through it, I do think he missed some open receivers just because he was trying to feed the ball to Hawk. And I really think that could be a recipe for disaster in the playoffs. By all means, feed it to him if he's open. If he's not open in the middle of the field, 
don't throw those passes. Those are going to go the other way for a touchdown. Yeah, no, I would, I would agree. And I mean, speaking of going the other way for a touchdown, one of the worst games we've seen from Kirk cousins yet this season, three interceptions loses a fumble. All four of those recovered for touchdowns for green Bay. What was going on with Kirk? Do you think, I mean, was obviously we talked about the offensive line struggles and having those injuries and in that and playing at Lambeau's hard. Don't get me wrong. That's a hard building to play in there loud. It's hard to hear. I imagine that that presents its challenges, but Kirk looked terrible. I mean, the whole team looked terrible. This is not all on Kirk, but he in particular, I would, I am comfortable saying his worst game yet this year. Uh, bad, pre- bad preparation, bad plan. Uh, the, the first game, it was clear that the Vikings were just ahead schematically of the Packers. And we had talked about that before the very first episode about how the, the Vikings had this unique opportunity to sort of ambush the Packers with schemes that they had not seen before. Right. And the Packers were not prepared for uh, any counterattack to that. And Je- Justin Jefferson just scorched him the entire game. This one, the Packers, they, they had done all their different adjustments. But the thing is, is like we knew heading in that that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But you sort of figured that the Vikings were going to know that. But the crazy thing is, is like it was like the Vikings just went in and, and they thought it was going to sort of be like the first game. Right. right. And, and like, you know, Cousins, like, you know, to Ross's point, Cousins is only sort of recourse is like, oh, yeah, OK, well, Jefferson, he's double team. So I just got to force the ball to Hawkinson, you know, and then the, the run game was never never got going. And and the dump offs to Delvin Cook were just clanging off of his hands. And so then Cousins is sort of like, well, what am I supposed to do? And it's like, well, yeah, there's other stuff that you can do outside of trying to turn into Josh Allen as a scrambler. There's actually other stuff you could do. But <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it was it was just a bad plan heading in, and, and he has to learn how to better modify. But also, this is also on the offensive coaching staff as well, because this was just a poor game plan. It's pretty easy to look back after the game and tell you were probably in for a very rough day. When on three technical carries, Kirk Cousins was almost the team's leading rusher, yeah. only a yard <laughs> behind Alexander Madison, and 10 ahead of Dalvin Cook. And... I had a bad feeling all week, literally for two weeks, as you guys know, and everybody who watch and listens to this podcast knows the bad feeling was only reaffirmed when you block a punt at the two yard line or end up with the ball at the one yard line, literally go backwards to the two yard (laughs) line and end up kicking the field goal. I'm a proponent of taking points in the first half. Thor heard this when I was arguing with people at his little, uh, Soiree, yeah, the where soiree women, that Jesse wasn't yeah, invited to. No, I guess women <laughs> weren't invited for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm a huge take the points guy, but in that case, I really am not. What's the worst that happens there if you don't score? You leave the ball on the one or two yard line for Green Bay and you get the ball back around the 50 yard line. I mean, I didn't predict that the next kickoff would literally go back the other way for a touchdown, but I just thought that entire sequence was botched. The only thing they did right was the play action pass on first down. But to not be able to run the ball in from the one-yard line on two straight plays. And then for a bad sign, I think, KOC, offensive-minded coach who's been bold this year, when he looks at it and goes, oh, we literally did nothing on three plays. Let's just take the three. I mean, that was that was a bad sign right there from the get-go. However, props to Metellus, special team superstar, now two blocks on the year. But, uh, again, special teams whisper. I'll put that hat back on. I look kicking in Lambo's tough. It's easy to jump on Greg Joseph, which I have for most of the year. I'm not going to do that. It's the kick and punt coverage has been woefully bad for probably the last month and a half or two. That can also cost you in a playoff game. People really hate to hear this, but it's true. It's literally a third of the game. It's mm-hmm. to Thor, I'll give Thor's team credit. 
This is how Iowa wins eight games every year. They have a punter who puts the other team inside the five, literally every GD punt, and mm-hmm. makes it incredibly difficult on the other team. If you don't cover kicks, you're going to be in a lot of trouble if the team's constantly starting across the 35-yard line, especially in today's day and age where every offense picks up a few first downs, and then they're already in field goal range. Shout out Let's- to Tory Taylor. <laughs> is, yeah. that, is that punter guy? Yeah, I was. I can't stand him. He doesn't matter. Doesn't matter where he's punting from. It always ends up inside the five. Just let's get some. Let's get a better taste in our mouths, boys. Let's let's talk about some good. I no, we don't. We have terrible taste. We don't. We don't care about the person on the bottom of this screen. Only the two people on top. Exactly. Exactly. He doesn't know he's on the bottom because he doesn't watch the video, which is still mind blowing to me. But that's neither here nor there, you guys. I how does he even know where to sit? He doesn't watch the video. How does he even know how to be in the camera? That's why I'm always a scans and a skew. <laughs> Good words. Your vocabulary on vocabulary this show is, is incredible. so incredible. Yes, I have to give you that. Bring one uh, thing. I have a way to make possibly Kirk Cousins feel better. How about a donation to his cherries? Or cher- yes. Yes. Charities. Excuse me. Words are hard. Uh, we have a group of crazy Canadian Cousins Crusaders of Purple Daily who want to do some good. They are huge Kirk Cousins fan. And they reached out to us uh, to celebrate this incredibly Usually fun season, last game, uh, ignored (laughs) entirely. Uh, They want the Purple Daily listeners to make a donation to Kirk Cousins Foundation. All you have to do is go to KirkCousins.org and make a donation on behalf of the crazy Canadian Crusaders of Purple Daily. Mention you're making that donation on this behalf. Uh, Celebrate Kirk and the year that he had again ignoring yesterday's game. We're just going to pretend that didn't happen, but make him feel good. Lift Kirk Cousins up. Again, that's KirkCousins.org. Click the donate button. Donate whatever you can. Ross, what you got? Some would argue that there's no better day than today to make a donation to Kirk Cousins charity to make him feel good. Okay. uh, Keep in mind, I'm on a broadcasting and media salary, so you can laugh (laughs) at this if you want, but let's just keep in mind the salary that I'm on, even though I love my job, love my bosses. Um, Let's uh, I'll do this. If somebody donates up to 25 American dollars and you DM me your receipt, I'll match that to KirkCousins.org today. So if you donate up to 25 American dollars, uh, send it to me at Brendel Ross on Twitter and I'll match that today. I won't because I have kids and diapers to buy, but I let's do some good. Honestly, let's do some good in this world. I'm so I'm so tired of seeing so much, so much crap. Let's do some good. And look, you I know there are people who have vastly different beliefs than Kirk Cousins has. But if you do some homework on the charity, they're doing a lot of good things in and around the communities that he supports. So if you want to donate up to 25 American dollars today, I'll match that. What a guy. What a guy. And that's for today only? Does that offer stand for today well, only? Well, for, first person to send me a DM with the receipt. You don't have to send me your credit card information. You can block all that up. Although if you want to send me your credit card information. <laughs> As I mentioned, that salary. <laughs> Not great. Yeah. And actually, you can Venmo me personal. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to make a donation to say you love us or whatever that might Kirk, be, that's always. KirkCousins.org in all, in all sincerity. That's That's the place to go. And we love our crazy Canadian cousin, crazy Canadian cousins, crusaders. I got it. I'm nailing it here. Um, so make that donation. Thank you to every single one of you for, for checking that out. And if you have donated, 
thank you on behalf of them. Uh, let's talk about more people crapping on Kirk Cousins because I'm sorry. I, I have to transition back over into that. Tony Romo. Oh. Tony Romo does not believe in the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, yesterday's broadcast, you could feel that he wanted kind of the Packers to win a little bit, but he's not entirely wrong, you guys, about some of the things he had said. He had pointed out that you're not going to beat anybody if you can't run the ball and if you give up more than 400 yards a game, which is something the Vikings have done even in their victories, right? We've talked about that, those close games. Um, you know, it's it's hard to hear. It's painful to hear. And I would like to point out, as our lovely fearless leader, Phil Mackey, had said yesterday, the Vikings have been outscored 81 to 13 in games that Tony Romo and Jim Nance have called <laughs> this year. So take that for what you will. It's probably their fault they're losing. Um, but no, I thought Romo spot on with that uh kind of pinpoint uh point if you will right like it's hey you don't want to call him frauds because i'm not going to say that because i don't like that word but it's like he's not wrong he's this isn't a team that can contend for a super bowl in the way that they've done their victories this year i don't ever want to see tony romo on a vikings game again and he should not be allowed <laughs> into the bank stadium the Vikings are like 0-10 with a scoring margin of like negative 50 in the games that he has broadcast. Whenever he comes on a Vikings game, it's, you guys remember that movie Old School? And then there was the, that Craig Kilborn character. Yeah. That, yeah. That's that's the Vi – like I love Tony Romo like outside the Vikings games, but now I'm starting to feel that way about him when he's broadcast the Vikings game. I was getting more upset with Tony Romo and more upset as, as that game went on, as I was getting flashbacks to the other Tony Romo games, the most recent one – against the Cowboys. Of course, he was the former Cowboy quarterback. And, you know, obviously that one went poorly and it just got worse and worse and worse. And this one is getting worse and worse and worse. And Tony Romo, he's still charismatic. And it's like, I, Tony Romo, I'm starting to hate you. Could you just be quiet? You know, and like, I'm going to be you too. I'm going to be you too, Tony. Um, and it, 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 it's over and over and over again. Tony, I don't want to see you on any more Vikings games. Just stay on the NFC. You're a CBS guy. Just stay away from us. Stay away. Tony Romo thinks the Vikings are frauds and we need takes now. <laughs> Call before we die. Tony, you can't come back to Minnesota. Sorry. We love you, but you can't come back. Here's the one thing that I took away from what Tony Romo said, because no, I don't believe that he's wrong. And again, I'm the guy who said numerous times, I think the Vikings can win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. I think they could win one this year. It just takes some luck. Some things probably need to bounce your way. Kirk needs to get hot again at the right time and, and honestly play the best football he's ever played in his life in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl for that to happen. But the one thing that Tony said where you just, you kind of feel like this won't be the year for the Vikings is when Tony Romo says, mind you, it's week 17. And Tony Romo does say, yeah, I think this team can win in the playoffs, but they're going to have to start uh, changing some things defensively. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, it's it's week 17. What are they going to change now? They're literally going into the final game of the season where to Thor's point, they might not play anybody meaningful. And then we just expect that the first week of the playoffs, it's going to be an entirely different scheme. People are going to line up in different places. Mm -hmm. They're going to have new players on the field. It's like, well, Tony, you played the game of football. You should know at this point what you see on the field for the most part is kind of what you're going to get. I mean, there, there are some things they can do to maybe still get incrementally better and be a little bit better but they're not going to be dramatically different when the playoffs start in two weeks. So that comment alone kind of made me chuckle. It's like, well, what do you think Duke Shelley's just going to become Deion Sanders in his prime and 
Cam in Thor's eyes, he already is. Yeah. <laughs> and let's be Cam, honest. Cam Dantzler is going to be Patrick Sherman, you know, it's, <laughs> or Josh Norman in his prime. I mean, you think this is just going to happen overnight? It's not. No, it's not. Um, you mean Richard Sherman, by the way? Oh, what what I say? <laughs> He's a Patrick Sherman. I was like, oh, it doesn't maybe sound I, maybe I combined correct. Patrick Peterson and Richard Sherman. You did. You probably did. Which yeah, know. maybe Pat maybe Pat P can turn the clock back ten years again. Who knows? You know, who knows? I mean, it. I hate doing. You know what I hate most about this season, and it's every season with the Minnesota Vikings. And heck, you could toss in the majority of Minnesota sports teams. It is the true roller coaster. Like. We're elated on a Monday after a victory, and then we're like, this is the worst team ever. They're never going to do anything. Like, we have to find a middle ground. I want to find know, that sweet, sweet middle ground. I mean, you know what the middle ground is, Jesse? What's that? Uh, your Golden Gopher football team, all they do is win bowl games. True. That's true. It's very <laughs> Peach. Shout out to Peach. At, at the end of the year, only 20 ish teams are happy in college football, and the Gophers are one of them because all they do is win bowl games. Roll the boat ski, Marco Gophers. Uh, they did lose to my Iowa State Cyclones a couple years back, so just uh, I don't want to talk about that. That was a I was there. I think wasn't that like ten to nine? It was a brutal game. It was, a bad, it was a terrible game. <laughs> boring, boring. But I was in Arizona, so it was nice. So what are you gonna? Yeah, do? you still got the W. Still got the W. Um, yeah. So I mean, let's get to some you guys before we dice. Oh, Sorry. I should have been ready for that. Should have been ready. I thought I paused, allowing. Do you want to set it up again? Let's try it again. <clears throat> Three, two, one. Let's get to some Before We Dies. Time now for the Before We Die crew to give us their Before We Dies. You are, such a pro- you are such a professional, Jesse Pierce. Thank I love you. it. I didn't even go to school for this. You thank, know, you for just... the, thank you for the hard reset of that. <laughs> Who wants to go first? Thor? Yeah, uh, before I die, people will start giving my boy Duke Shelley some credit. <laughs> Duke Shelley over the last six weeks has a better PFF grade than everybody's boy Jair Alexander. He had a he had a decent game he yesterday. He literally, yeah. I mean, he was he was one of the the only okay performers yesterday. And he's, I mean, he the Vikings got him for free before the season and admirably has hung in with a lot of the rest of the defense is cratered this year. Shout out to Duke Shelley. Duke Shelley, you're my boy. And while while I got the mic, one other thing I want to say is there's some ancillary young defensive players that need to be playing a little bit more. One of them's Brian Asamoah, who they're getting in yes, more board. Yep. We need to see more Brian Asamoah. One thing I've been impressed with Brian Asamoah, the kid. Are you just ra- call him Asamoah. You just wanna he just wants to keep saying it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And they're not going to shame me into changing my pronunciation. I don't want to go Rieger Rager again, but I already, isn't it Asamoah? I already, I already changed it on Rieger. I'm not doing it on this one. Uh, but but he, he's played really well in coverage, uh, which in college he did not do as well. But he's a very instinctive player, and he is very athletic. So, it, I mean, it was not out of the question that he could learn it, and he's been marinating uh, early in the season, his rookie year, and he has played very well situationally in coverage so far. The Vikings linebackers are not very fleet of foot. Uh, they have not been good at coverage early this season. I think getting him in situationally, it, it's been good so far. Maybe we could get him in even more situationally going forward. And shout out to Duke Shelley. You're the man, Duke Shelley. <laughs> so my be friends with Duke Shelley. I love Duke Shelley. You are my king, Duke Shelley. <laughs> my before we die on basically the last college football day of the year, aside from the national championship, uh, I do believe within a decade maybe slightly more than that we will have no more bowl games it'll be a 16 or 32 team playoff likely 32 and that'll be about it 
Um, which, by the way, I don't need to see. I don't need to see one seeded Georgia route sixteen seeded Ball State. I Ross, think that's if you a, switch it to sixty four, Iowa State can get in too. <laughs> that's a, oh wow! Thor. Wow! Shots fired. See, everyone wonders why I go so hard at Thor all the time because this is the real Thor. This is the reason. However, <laughs> my take was before we get to the point of that likely what I think will be 32 team playoff. That seems to make the most sense. Probably two brackets of 16. Or even can you imagine if they just did one verse 32, two verse 31, three verse 30, how bad some of those matchups no. would be. It would be awesome. Uh, with that being said. The upsets the, though, the Cinderella stories yeah, that, exactly. that could be beautiful. Be great. The the NCAA within a, probably a couple of years will allow five and seven teams can already play, but it can play in bowl games, but it goes by their academic progress report and such. We're gonna add more bowl games before we detract them or before we subtract them. So five and seven teams will regularly be a part of bowl games before we die. That's what I'm getting at. Could we name them before we die? Maybe maybe school or score north and purple daily will have a bowl game. Oh, honestly, yes. if if Barstool Sports can do it, yes, we should we should do it too. I I, 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 I watched agree. that this like the opening and I was so yeah. confused as to what was happening in that opening of that barstool. <laughs> like I was I don't understand they, it. Like I love that they they decided before the game. And I, I I can't remember the exact two. I know Dave was in the booth. Um, I think they decided before the game it was going to be like WWE AEW announcing where one was going to be pro Ohio and the other one was pro Wyoming. Okay, it was so stupid but mildly enjoyable. It you know mix it up, have a little yeah. fun with it. Let's, I guess. let's get Phil on the phone. We need to we need to yeah. we need to figure this out. I'll, yeah. yeah, I'll call. As, him. as yeah. long as like my name goes first somehow in there above Thor's, that would be great. Like that's all I need. Well, we can we can announce. You know, they had in the one NFL game they had like the kids booth where it was like the Nickelodeon, you know, yeah. whatever. And then they had a was it Patrick Starr or whatever he came on for a little yeah. bit and he was mm-hmm. clowning Russell Wilson. That can be our booth, Jesse. And then we'll yeah. have like Patrick Starr on there. Well, yeah. let's set this up. I mean, we got what some are- ideas. We'll pitch it. I have the name. What about the Jesse Pierce Green Bay Packers before we die bowl <laughs> at Huntington Bank Stadium? Well, that, that, that'll be the MVP award. That's, yes, this yeah. is true. Yeah. Winners, Take us home, winners. Pierce. <laughs> My before we die is I'm going to learn to not be so cocky. Imagine that. Uh, I had sent a friend. So my friend's married to like a diehard Packer fan, you know, an owner, like oh, everything. No. It ruins his day. So I sent my little crotch goblins to do the skull chant. And sent it over to him. (laughs) (laughs) And they did it. And I was laughing. I was like, ah, you guys are going to lose again. And they were like, school, school. Like they were chirping Thor last week. Like it was just, it was so beautiful. Oh, that goes. And then needless to say, I had to turn my phone off. So he (laughs) stopped calling me during the game and chirping me back. It was not great. Not good at all. But one day I'll learn. Those Packer fans, they're off the leash. They're they're out of control. (laughs) That Packer fan that I had over yesterday, he left his friggin' Packer hat on, you know, in the bathroom. So I'd, I'd have to keep it here. He forgot it. Uh, it's terrible. <laughs> also, what was he thinking, Thor? I mean, not to be mean, it, he left it behind clearly to troll you, I'm assuming. Yes. Oh, no. But in the bathroom right? seems a little Correct. like... So, Thor, I think the only appropriate thing to do here is to take that hat outside, either light it on fire or just throw it away and tell him, what hat? I never saw it. Oh, I was he, going with the flush down the toilet route, but you sh- you changed it up on me. That would cause problems, plumbing he, problems. He in. told me he bought it on the way here from a Target because he intended to leave it here after the Packers won, and it chapped me even more. I hate it. <laughs> it was it I was just it. designed. I like it. Yeah. 
Sometimes, Thor, you remind me of Charlie from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and I mean that in the utmost respect of a compliment, <laughs> like when you go I, on your rants. Because we I both think... don't have any emotional modulation. Yes, this, yeah, it's just good. It's so This good. is where it's awful being a Vikings fan. And again, not everybody thinks the same way I think. But if if you've known for two weeks now that the Vikings were going to lose this game, and most pack most Packers fans, think about the world that they live in. They didn't assume that the Packers were going to beat the Vikings. They knew that the <laughs> Packers were going to beat the Vikings. So he was willing to waste 10 20 $25 just to make <laughs> you angry. I mean, in all honesty, I'll but give him credit the for that. Yeah, I'll give him oh, credit for that. I mean, so it's, it's tough to be angry at him for that. It's it's uh, This is not the life that I chose. It's not the life that I want. I don't think it has to be this life forever. But it's the life we live now, people. So it's- just embrace that we live in it. Play a little Tom Petty and just roll the, I love it. I have one last story before we go. For those of you that listen to me on Bard on Beauties, I did tell about this. So Ryan Hartman of the Minnesota Wild returned from injury a couple weeks back, and it was his first game back. They were sending uh, Minnesota boy Sammy Walker down to Iowa in order for Hartman to get back in. I had two people respond to my tweet about him coming in saying, oh, God, that now the Wild are going to lose and yada, 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 whatever. Wild end up winning that game. And as I'm driving home, I look and I see that Ryan Hartman liked those two tweets which in and of itself is very funny right like ah whatever i see you guys trolling me so i asked him about that i said hey i I saw that that was funny he's like yeah i saw that this morning i screenshotted it so i would know to go back to it once we won so i could like it and i was like well done my friend like well done (laughs) so this one actually if we're talking about funny stuff on tweets uh remember uh Dustin Fox was drafted by the Vikings and I think immediately got injured and probably never played. So every time he shows up on Twitter, maybe slightly mean, but definitely in jest, I always say like, or not on Twitter, like a college football game. I'll always tweet something like, oh, former Vikings, great Dustin Fox on the call. (laughs) He, the last time I did that, he originally liked the tweet, then must have unliked it. And then went back and re-liked the same tweet. And I'm like, I don't know if he gets... I'm not trying to be mean to him, but I'm definitely using great in air quotes here, Dustin. Yes, yes. you love it. I love that. Be, keep being petty, you guys. Again, this is Purple Dailies Before We Die. I'm Jesse Pierce. He's Thor Nystrom. He's Ross Brundle. We're bringing you Vikings takes, songs, musical renderings of things, uh, as you will each and every week, Mondays and Thursdays. We will be back on Thursday to look ahead to that final game against the Chicago Bears at Chicago. Lots to break down there. We'll see what happens. Uh, Until then, enjoy the rest of your day. Hopefully you guys have the day off uh, and then get back into work. I'm so ready for routine. Bring on a routine. And uh, yeah, go Vikings. Nothing changes 12 and 4 school Vikings. (laughs) I'm getting ready for at least one playoff game in Hennepin County.